Welcome back to Castles and Cryptids, where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck. And the hosts are still Canadian. And <laughs> don't have as many colds, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe by the time this comes out, you'll be feeling really good. I can only <laughs> hope today, as of recording this, is uh, the first day I started feeling sick three weeks ago so oh it's the three week yeah. anniversary i gotcha yeah wednesday yeah <laughs> that was a real hanger on then yeah yeah it was a good thing we recorded that day because i was like yeah my throat's kind of sore and we're like well we you can work we can record tomorrow you were telling me and then i was like oh no it'll be okay we'll record today and then it was like literally the next day i think i texted you was like holy fuck like i'm dying <laughs> After the Patreon one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we... It was like we a good thing. We... we had to record a couple and it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good thing we, we I pushed that day because we didn't record for yeah. two weeks after that. <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta keep in high demand. Yeah. I don't know. It's all a ploy to uh, make you guys miss us a little bit more. No. Right. <laughs> I asked my brother. I, he's Well, when my text started working again, because my stupid oh, yeah. phone and my stupid network were conspiring against me and none of my texts were going through and messaged you like like on a Friday. And then I was like, I don't think yeah. my texts are working. And you're like, oh, sweet. Like, yeah, because you didn't get mine on Wednesday or something. And I was like, no, I did not. I don't remember talking yeah. to you since Monday. Like, I'm like, I definitely wouldn't normally ignore you for two days, but <laughs> you never know what's going on. Right. So, it was so weird. Anyway. Um, it's 2022. It's fine. We're used to this shit by now. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Also, if last week's audio sounded weird, I was really loud and had to turn my audio down a bit. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> we so hope it was fixed in post. Post-production by Alana. Yes. I will let Kelsey listen to it just as soon as I'm finished editing it. I think it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but welcome back to the shit show. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you aren't sick, and if you are, yeah. we'll we'll keep hanging in there together. That motivational poster of a cat hanging off a tree. <laughs> Hang in there. <laughs> Is that what? Yeah. It's We're always what of, I think of. Yes, we like the demotivational posters in my house. We always get a yeah. demotivational calendar. <laughs> yeah, I don't. What does it say this month? It is what it is, or something. It's. <laughs> They're always just like hilariously depressing. But no, you have a good point there. I wonder if anyone else out there uh, listening is feeling shitty. Maybe you're listening to it in the future. Who knows? We want to know. Touch base with yeah. us. How are you feeling? <laughs> Tell us all the sorrows, the woes. How many, how many things did you watch on Netflix? I basically, uh, <gasps> I don't know if it made it into the episode, but I told Alana I basically finished... 30 or 40 things on Prime and another 30 or 40 things on Netflix, like between movies and like one series yes. limited seasons of TV shows. Like I watched 
an absolutely yeah. bonkers amount of stuff. I don't know if you maybe said the number. I remember you telling me. <laughs> yeah. Personally had that many on yeah Netflix and Prime or whatever. <laughs> I like I currently yeah, only have <laughs> seven items on my Netflix watch list. And like mm. I'm currently watching two of them. And then one w- is, like, on there, but it would be a rewatch. I've already watched the whole thing. And, like... Yeah. Oh. It's just not marked off. <laughs> well, because I want to rewatch it. Like, the whole series ended. It's three parts. And it's one of those things. You, after you watch it, you're like, everything's so interconnected. I need to watch it again mm-hmm. from the start. And which one is that? Dark. I've told you about it before. Yes, you have. Yeah. Why haven't I checked it out? I don't know. I'll have to get Pat on board. <laughs> Do it. It's dark. Like when it first came out, Never... people were like, it's like it's trying to be Stranger Things, and you're like, Stranger Things wishes it was this show. Like, they're, I don't know, they're well, very different. They but... could be, yeah. Like, one doesn't have to diminish the other. Right. Not having seen any of Dark, but just having watched Stranger Things. It doesn't, having me watching this, I feel like, why do people think that it has to, like, be compared to or take away from the other one? Right. I don't know. No, they're, yeah. they're totally, totally, totally different. But People just have to yeah. be so mean girls about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dar- Germantown. Sure. Children going missing. That sounds good. <laughs> nuclear nuclear disaster time travel Ooh. conspiracies and cults Ooh. that's great that is that is definitely up our alley <laughs> that's our yeah it's a great show mm. i need to rewatch it because it's the only show in my life where i literally had bookmarked an entire family tree that tells you how all of the people in the town and all the characters are related because I couldn't keep it straight I like hat so I'd be like watching the show but I'd on my laptop I'd have it on my lap and I'd have like the tree layout of how everybody knows each other because I'm I can't follow this anymore like it was, oh my god it was random- too much <laughs> Random question: Did you ever take that colors personality test uh, at work? Yes, we both work together. Were you a green? I think I was like mo. I was like two thirds green, and then like some gold. I think that's what it was. Okay, okay. I was yeah. strongly the majority green too, and that was the a lot of the other people in my group were the. I don't know, tech guys or like more engineer mm. types. And it was like, why am I in this group? Because you need to know the answer to why yeah. things are the way they are. And like, yeah, that's totally me where it's like, okay, cool. I understand this, but do I really understand this? Right? It's almost hard no. to watch something and just be like, just for entertainment's sake, sometimes you have to just like, you that know show mean? you like, can't. It's not a show. It, yeah, it's not a show you like have on in the background at all ever like yeah basically so she goes was through... always watching split screen horror movies and yes <laughs> whatever you're doing while you're getting ready for work <laughs> yeah no a hundred i know what you mean though yeah you but no like attention. 
Because in that show, each character, um, when they start going through the different, like, time travel things, each character, like, I think it starts, it's supposed to take place in 2020 or 2022. Um, oh. So, but they were filming it in 2017. So it was, like, this big oh thing when, God. like, 2022 started. They're like, oh, did Dark, like, predict, like, fucking the world ending, basically, okay. in 2017. That's- but sort of fringy <clears throat> yeah yeah but like in 2022 when the show like takes place the like original timeline um so you have those characters so like it's that generation they have parents they have grandparents and then the next timeline is the kids from 2022 their parents so their parents are now like Oh, teenagers okay. and their grandparents are like the 50s and 60s so you have like each and then when it goes back again now you have the grandparents are the teenagers and they have parents so like the grandparents in 2022 are basically played by three different actors because they have the them playing them in 2022 then they have them as they're in their age in the 50s like 33 mm-hmm. years earlier and then you have them as like eight-year-olds or whatever like 33 years before that so it's like every act like all the older characters and like even the adult characters are played by two or three actors every single one of them so it's like hard to keep track because they don't always use their names in like a scene talking to each other so you basically have to be like oh that's the girl with red hair like she's this person in all these timelines and you're like she's married to this person and yeah yeah no that's what I would have to do yeah that's I think you did tell me about that yeah I remember thinking that sounds a little bit overwhelming (laughs) but but they just do a good job to follow yeah oh yeah they do a good job like the one guy um he like got injured so like he's missing his ear and it's basically like a hole in the like scar tissue so like in 2022 he's I think like in his 50s so when it goes back and everything and he's like a kid he has like the same like scar tissue and missing his ear so you know it's him and then like the girl with red hair and like this person has a birthmark on their face so you always know it's them kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) but that's good that's good sometimes I need that because I'm like I don't want to lose the plot just because I'm like, is that her? It doesn't really look like her because obviously they're different actors. Oh, no, they do a really good job. You see like side by side and you're like, no, that legit could be like everybody's like kids. Like they do. That's it's one of the best like parent, like even grandparent, parent, kid, like casting they did. And like for each of the three and everything, it's one of the best, like people talk about it's the best they've seen, like. Yeah, really good job for that. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of that on a few characters on uh, the new Game of Thrones prequel, where that was like, oh, okay. Like Mm -hmm. the the older version I thought was like a really good casting. Uh, Pat, not so much. He thought some of them, (laughs) oh, Mm. those younger Targaryen princes should have been swapped or whatever and i thought i they didn't show them long enough at the different ages for me to understand which one was which one and that's fair yeah sometimes they don't yeah i thought that was a that was just a problem with that show though and i 
read the book version of that part so i thought i don't know it's just confusing because they're all goddamn blondes (laughs) right yeah (laughs) i i still haven't watched that one but yeah oh fair enough i mean it's off now so you'll have time to catch up if you want to (laughs) but um the one the the i think it's the haunting on hill house and yeah yeah because they show the younger versions of the kids in that one right like the yeah three or four siblings and then anyway there's the younger version of the dad and there's an older version of the dad and pat was really hung up on how they used totally different guys because he was like it wasn't that much time between them he's like it really distracted me from it he's like the young dad was played by the guy who's in et like the kid or whatever and i was like oh that's him but then, yeah, he was, like, totally, he hated that. He just thought, oh, they couldn't just use the same actor and, like, aged him up or whatever. And I was like, I don't know. But, yeah, That's I get fair, it. That's fair, because, I mean, it is only 20 years. And once you've kind of hit the adult stage until you're, like, yeah. far into senior, like, your face doesn't change that much anymore. Like, no, not structurally no. or anything, so... Yeah, you might lose some fat. Gain, you like, yeah, yeah, it might appear different in that way, or like <laughs> wrinkle, like not even wrinkles, but like, yeah, you can tell someone's like matured a bit, lose some baby fat, and maybe more angular. But yeah, it's like <laughs> totally different person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> tangents. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might have a fun fact if you want that. Ooh, yes. Start the stories because it's the oceans episode. Mm-hmm. Oceans Seven oh, Eleven. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Don't get a start on that tangent. <laughs> we we've the... already done that tangent like so many times. <laughs> yeah, that's Logan Lucky. That's a good one. Okay, I found yeah. my. I love it so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the fun fact has to do with the ocean because this is our ocean-centric episode. Mm-hmm. Yay. It's terrifying. We know it. Um, yeah. But basically recently, not just on Earth here we're talking about, but scientists have discovered evidence of an ancient ocean on Mars. oh yeah on mars yeah which is cool because previously we basically had little to no evidence of water on mars i was gonna ask i don't remember hearing about liquid on mars no it's something we've been looking for because it would indicate that there has possibly been life there but we haven't really found it yeah basically from what i know we've found little to no evidence so any kind of that's why it's so exciting when they do find any little evidence or whatever um and i don't know just came up on my twitter news so this was basically from ap news (laughs) you know that (laughs) generic news (laughs) reporting thing but hey my initials are ap so i can totally pretend (laughs) i wrote it (laughs) Your news. 
It said, quote, using topography data, researchers have found clear evidence of a 3.5 billion year old shoreline around 900 meters thick, which covered thousands of square kilometers. She thick. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which is cool because, quote, the findings point to a higher potential for life on Mars than previously thought. On Earth, we chart the history of the waterways by looking at sediment that is deposited over time. So that's what they did on Mars. Um, hmm. Using software developed by the United States Geological Survey to map data from NASA's Mars Orbit Orbiter Laser Alt Altimeter Altimeter. Big words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> NASA. <laughs> Wait, there's not an acronym for that one. It's the M A L M O L A, the Mola. <laughs> the Mola. Holy Mola. The Holy Mola. <laughs> and they just call this they've they've named this former ocean area and it's located in the north of the planet and it's now known as the Aeolus Dorsa. Oh. Aeolus kind of sounds like I don't know. Areola? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when do we ever see A and E together? Except for in like Greek yeah. words. <laughs> Aeroplane. When it's spelled like yeah. that and not airplane. <laughs> no, but I thought that was kind of cool. So Very fitting for our episode. Yeah. <laughs> Was in the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to kick us off, I have. Well, there are some pictures in the drive first that you can look at. Yeah, pictures. Aww. We love pictures. Um, you haven't had pictures on the drive, like just that yeah, last no. time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anything. I guess. Uh. This okay. is called the Yona, Yonagani uh, Monument, Ooh. and it was on a lot of lists about, like, mysteries or things that they haven't quite figured out about the ocean. Ooh, so, that's cool. I, don't, I didn't even, like, Google anything <laughs> like Mysteries of the Ocean, to be honest. <laughs> okay. So yeah. you might not have heard of this then. Um, I don't think so. It's quite popular. It's on a lot of the lists. um, So some people might know about it. People that Google Mysteries of the Ocean all the time. Which some of you, you're coming here because you like that obscure information. (laughs) Right? But like seriously, who has time to read all this shit? Most of the time it's like you could look it up, but who's going to? We'll just tell you about it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so this kind of like unique, uh, monument, there's kind of debate on whether or not it was possibly man-made or naturally built. I kind of lean towards man-made just because of, there's like some details in it we'll get into. Uh, I did take a lot of the pictures from... Uh, there was like free dives that people have done on YouTube. Oh, oh sorry, cool. Gordo just kicked my laptop screen with his foot, and it activated the touch screen with his toe. Oh, 
<laughs> it started doing stuff. It was like his toe was doing he touched stuff. Him. Yeah, with his with a foot, and then it started doing stuff on the screen with his toe. Oh my god, <laughs> Pat loves showing me that his little Chromebook has a touch screen. I'm like, yeah, I see it. <laughs> but that's funny because my dog just started doing antics outside of the room. So if you heard any carpet scraping, that was Fenrir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too funny. Um, yeah. So there's. It kind of almost looks like one part of it. There's a few diagrams um, I put on the drive, but it okay. and like 3D models. Um, there's like some pools that kind of look like they were carved in. Um, and then it's all very like angular. It's flat surfaces. It looks like there's stairs and things like that. Maybe some steps. There's different levels to it where kind of everything else around it is kind of uh, like flat, but like a like natural flat where it's kind of like rounded edges there's loose rocks and things like that this is like next to no loose rocks on it it's very like almost 90 degree edges that are like eroded Mm -hmm. a little and things like that yeah it's like like the top surface is flat but other than that it's a complete it looks like an underground complex basically building you know yeah yeah, with a few like roughly hewn (laughs) not like yeah (laughs) yeah exactly not like a complete box concrete structure but it's like you can definitely tell that that's on purpose because yeah that's the way i lean (laughs) uh it's uh, located off the coast of Ryokyu uh, Islands in Japan, <clears throat> and okay. it's this massive underwater kind of rock formation that's believed to be thousands of years old, and uh, it's sometimes referred to as actually Japan's Atlantis, which is kind of <gasps> cool. They that's believe it might cool. be this sunk kind of like city. I don't know if I really believe everything that they say they claim okay. has been found within this area. Um, Interesting. But it, it does look at least like it needs to be investigated more for sure. Yeah. Because <clears throat> like, who's to say it's sunk or like, if it's not super far below sea level, couldn't the sea waters have risen and I guess that's the same yeah. as sunk but <laughs> you know what i mean like once it was above land i i guess and then like the water yeah. was around it it was more yeah there was, is like, some evidence for that which we'll talk about so um, yeah like i said there's kind of debate did this rock formation uh is it completely man-made is it completely naturally occurring or maybe a bit of both uh, it's located near the Yonaguni Island that's situated at the southwestern's furthest tip, um, which would be Japan's most western point. Uh, oh, okay. So it's like just off Japan. And it's also only 100 kilometers away from Taiwan. So it's kind of resting in between the two. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Easily the, reachable by either spot, yeah. I guess. It's a wow. very popular diving spot. Uh, it looks huge. I would love to dive there if I knew. Oops, knew how to dive. Sorry, hit my right. Mic. 
So the island itself, the Yonaguni Island, has a population of only about 1,700 people. And the area, the waters in the area are famous for hammerhead sharks. Oh, wow. Yeah, so a lot of people dive there just to see hammerhead sharks, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, what's this amazing <laughs> underwater thing in the background? It kind of looks like <laughs> it has yeah. walls. That's cool. Here's a shark. <laughs> That's basically how it got discovered. Um, divers oh, wow. from all over the world come to the area to swim with the sharks. And in 1986, there was a diver who was just looking for a good spot kind of to sit back and watch the hammerhead sharks and he noticed under a pretty heavy blanket of coral what seemed as he described to be a series of carved steps um with like different levels as we kind of said they have seemed to be pretty like sharp edges um pretty level pretty like straight i i'd say it like my opinion not being like geologist or anything but (laughs) um it seems weird that like looking at the diagrams at least that this would be like something natural that would like be pushed up um yeah they say you don't see natural like squares cubes 90 degree angle yeah you don't usually see steps (laughs) naturally formed into things at all Right? I mean, mountains just be mountains. <laughs> they don't give you these yeah. handy little <laughs> stairs to get up them. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, so, yeah, underneath the coral, he started taking pictures, uh, was kind of circling the formation a bunch of times, and, <laughs> and then eventually returned to the surface where he looked at the pictures more closely. Those are crazy. So, (laughs) uh, after the discovery, there was a marine geologist from the University of Ryokyu uh, named Kimira Masaki. And he's been studying the monument, I'd say probably the longest, for nearly 20 years. And he has dived there hundreds of times. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's one of the forefront people, I guess, trying to figure out, like, how this came to be, I guess. But he does lean on the side that it is man-made. Oh, yeah. It looks like it. And I'm not the the forefront (laughs) expert, (laughs) as he could probably claim to be. (laughs) Um, So part of the monument is uh, 50 meters long and about 20 meters wide. And it sits like a rectangular stacked kind of pyramid uh, composed of sandstone and mudstone that they have been able to take samples of and date back about 20 million years. So at least that's when the stone is from. Wow. Um, That's old. Like narrow, (laughs) narrow passageways that you can kind of swim through. And described as arch entrances that can be seen in the formations nearby. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. You can see, like... The diagrams are probably the easiest thing to look at. The what? The the diagrams 
I'd say show the mm-hmm. easiest. The pictures are a little hard because sometimes the water is kind of murky. Right. Yeah. But even then you can see like, you're like, okay, that looks like something I could swim through, like almost a tunnel or whatever. Yeah. Just, a, but yeah, it looks very um, on purpose. I don't know. That's not the word yeah. I was looking for, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the area itself, the whole, like, what's considered, I guess, the monument or the site uh, spans about 984 feet by 492 feet, or about 300 meters by 150 meters. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, oh, yeah. And Kimira has identified what he believes to be 10 separate structures, along with a five that are fairly nearby. Um, this consists of the ruins of what he says. I don't really believe this, this too much. He says there's ruins of a castle. There's, uh, what he describes as a triumphal arch there. He says there's five, five temples and at least one large stadium, all connected by roads and water channels. Interesting. Uh, protected by what he- Sorry. Yeah. Um, he says this is all protected by what he believes to be a really large retaining wall. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I guess you'd have to go down there and see <clears throat> it, but like, if it is, that's huge. Oh, like, yeah. It must be a huge area it covers then. I didn't realize it was that many structures. I that's think crazy. it's a lot supposed to be contained within like the diagram, but other than like what they call uh, there's like um the triangular pool which there's a picture of that looks i'd say the most intentional thing the rest of it other than kind of the side stair pardon me the <laughs> like almost uh side stairs that go up the right side yeah. kind of looks like they zigzag back and forth mhm okay um i mean hard to say yeah, but uh, oh, some of it reminds me of uh, Puma Punku or something you see on land where you're like, how does that yeah. ancient thing have that many specific 90 degree angles and like, yeah, just construction yeah. like that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, the triangle pool is interesting. Yeah, uh, so Kimiri, uh says that there's also two monuments that he says are shaped like turtles uh, that are in there. There is a picture. Um, I just labeled it turtle. It basically <laughs> is like a triangle with like two smaller triangles. Um, so I think it's supposed okay. to be the front and a back. And then I don't know. It's I don't think yeah, it's very turtle like a turtle like head. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it intentionally, intentionally carved, like carved at least. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I just saw the picture too, where it said like the stairs and the close up of it. You see how, yeah, um, sharp the the angle is or like the carving Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, you're like, yeah, that's not, it's not a natural, um, edge. Like, I don't don't even think I could try and, like, chisel that out of something if I tried. 
Like, <laughs> right? Even when you like dig into dirt, like to dig a grave or something, you have to intentionally dig it super straight. Otherwise, it's just going to be this big ass. It's going to be a big ass hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, he also says that there's a uh, relief. Um, I don't know if that's a wall. Do you know what a relief is? I don't think I've heard that. Forgot to look it well, up. Well, yeah, I think so. I think it's like when you have something carved into like a wall or something, so that oh, okay, like you know, there's negative space, and then the carving mm. kind of oh, form okay. and the yeah, uh, it's carved into a sa- flat surface. Okay, because he says there's a relief that's carved with different animals. Um, I didn't oh. find any pictures or anything about that um, okay. like location. Um, Interesting. He said there's like what he described as rudimentary characters that are etched into carved faces and rocks sculpted into the likeness of animals. Um, I have a quote from him saying the characters and animal monuments in the water, which I've been able to partially recover in my laboratory suggests the culture comes from the Asian continent. And one example I've described as an underwater sphinx resembles a Chinese or ancient Okinawan king, which would be pretty cool. Didn't find any pictures of that, though. Okay. You're like, all right, guy. You're talking a lot, but where are the receipts to prove it? But yeah, exactly. I don't know who's, when they're diving, how they take the pictures. I'm not sure how that goes down. It might be difficult. <laughs> uh, most of the pictures I got, it looked like people were using like GoPros um, and things. Mm. But oh, okay. so they were just they like amateurs. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so if, if this was carved by human hands... Um, he originally dated it to having been built during the last ice age which would be about 10,000 years ago um, when the area that it's part of was part of a land bridge that connected this site to Taiwan so it would have been all above ground or all above water Um, however like since then the estimates have been changed to say the sites between 2,000 (laughs) and 3,000 years old based on uh, different Hmm. Uh, stalactites so like the um so like hanging down hangy things yeah yeah but wait Um, would that mean that would have been at a time when it was uh underwater then because um it said that they were found under inside the stalactites were found inside underwater caves um that they Chimera says sank with the city and that it may have been sank by an earthquake um but yeah that's a good Hmm. point I I don't know how they occur in like places without water and things like that if they like show up differently well and just kind of how I was wondering earlier if it was um I don't know sank versus it used to be above like it was above sea level at one time and then ocean levels rose and then it became i guess that's what they mean by sank i just it always sounds funny when they say something sank and then when i think of like ocean levels rising up to 
to claim something. I don't always yeah think of that as being the same thing, but I guess it is. How else? Because they have there is left? theories because yeah. it is in an area that has a lot of um like earthquakes and it's on like a fault line. There is theories oh. that it. I assume like the mountains. It's stuff that was like pushed up, but. So that would be a different yeah. theory than it being above the water line and eventually being underwater. But I can't really see wow. the earthquake or it getting pushed up like that because I don't see like that happening and making something so flat and like angular. Oh, I see. I see. Not that there was a civil civilization pushed up by an earthquake, but no. that an earthquake would cause just the rocks to be that like that. Like yeah. Yeah, walls and, and yeah. a building and stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah. It definitely looks made on purpose to me. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, Earth be crazy. Yeah, is right. there, was it an earthquake? What? I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, get, I think I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. There was one thing I ran across that did say, I don't know if this is the world's largest ever recorded tsunami, or if it's the area's largest tsunami, but the source worded it saying the world's largest recorded tsunami struck Yoganaui Ajima, the island, on April of 1771 with an estimated height of more than 131 feet or 40 meters. And it's possible that the ruins were forced underwater during this event. So, whoa. Yeah. Holy shit, that, yeah, that's a, that's a shit ton of water. Right? That's like, my <laughs> Just, scariest thing in life would be like a tsunami. Oh my god, you've watched like the movie 2012. <laughs> yeah. Where it, they, they're like, oh yeah, everything is gonna go underwater. And then everybody's fighting to get on those giant boats, airships, or whatever. Because they could actually survive. Yeah, that shit is pretty scary. You're like, what are you going to do if everything's going to go underwater? You don't really... Yeah, you, you might not have a good chance right. unless you can get on one of those big-ass fucking boats. I, when I was sick, That's I watched cool. a recent uh, one that was starring Gerard Butler. Because I love Gerard Butler. I'll watch him in fucking anything. Oh, yeah. Um, and oh, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it was a movie called Greenland. Greenland and it was like oh. a disaster movie it's on Amazon Prime okay. it's like a prime original really yeah and it was a really hmm. good disaster movie like <gasps> such good reviews on Letterboxd people were like it was pretty like like actually good where it's like at the same time that stuff is like falling apart and some people are just being like absolute shit you're like seeing some people just be absolute shit and at the same time you're seeing some people rise up and just be the nicest human beings and stuff yeah, at the and it was like yeah. both happening like one after another kind of going back and forth the whole movie where and it's basically just him and his mm. family like you said trying to get on like one of these things that's supposed to save them and yeah wow. it's like crazy it was like two hours but long. sounds pretty realistic it was really really Ooh, good i would watch that yeah, I really I like liked those it. kind of movies, right? Yeah, it was that morbid fascination. <laughs> it was one of the best like disaster movies like seen. Yeah, 
yeah, people online said it was really good. So it's like, I'm going to watch it. Gerard Butler, go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did watch, I did end up watching Don't Look Up by myself because okay. Pat wasn't interested. And I was like, oh, this seems interesting. It kind of looked funny. Yeah. But it kind of was funny slash sort of a realistic take right? on yeah. what does happen when people think, they were like, oh, we hear another meteor is going to hit the earth. Or yeah. we're like, oh, no, another disaster. You know, and then the way some people just kind of ignore it or yeah. go about their lives. And <laughs> I really liked yeah, that one, too. Yeah, it was it was like you yeah. said it was kind of funny but kind of like oh shit like oh this is happening though this is too realistic like <clears throat> yeah, yeah yeah you could see yourself in it, seeing that happen more than i don't know like 2012 and san andreas they're all good and stuff but like yeah you don't always get i don't know i guess all the perspectives <laughs> the, the only movie yeah. to give us meryl streep as a president and they didn't make her awesome they made her a piece of shit <laughs> it was like no meryl streep oh was that wait 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 in 2012 you mean no and don't, don't look up oh no yeah. don't look up that's right <laughs> yeah. yeah she's such a badass she's so yeah, funny that's probably why she can play somebody that you don't like <laughs> yeah um oh yeah, so the Kimira uh, uh, is convinced that this formation or monument was carved by humans thousands of years ago when the formation, as we said, would have been above water. He says this is due to the many right mm. angles, strategically placed holes, and then aesthetic triangles that are found. I think that's basically talking about that triangle pool. Um, It does look like it kind of has... Yeah. Like, it's, like, a really wide triangle, and then there's, like, a kind of smaller one and another smaller one and another smaller one. So it looks like steps. Um, right. There was mm. a good video of one of the divers that was, like, going, and they actually kind of, like, sat, like, on one of the things as if it would have been, like, a pool filled with water. And it looked like it was at, like, good spots Aww. where you would have sat at different depths. So yeah yeah it was like a hot tub yeah. built-in chair thing yeah exactly <laughs> nice amazing um yeah he also says what he claims are carvings that resemble the Kada script um we'll kind of get into it i didn't find any pictures about this um okay. but within the structure he said he identified what he firmly believes as evidence of the lost continent of Mu, um, or Mu, which is the Japanese oh. equivalent of Atlantis. Um, oh wow! Okay, so it is like a lost a, continent. Actual name. Yeah. Um. So like it's different, but it's similar. <laughs> so but it's a totally different. That's spot. like a a lost continent that like they it's documented on maps and stuff and it did sink they just don't know exactly where it sunk because nobody's ever found it so there's theories oh there's theories that this is it um yeah wow that is so cool i used to love to watch there's a show on called like when you drain the oceans or something oh and it like 
it shows yeah it, it shows all this underwater stuff like this is what it looks like down here you know because there's an underwater thing that sunk here or here's a whole like city that went down and if you drain the oceans you can see all this here and wow oh it's fascinating that's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool um yeah, this is what this reminds me of <laughs> yeah there's several documentaries that have been released about the monument um just each one kind of summarizing or representing normally only one side of the story um and this has caused a lot of debate about the origins of the unique formations um so there was like a lot of stuff online being like oh yeah this documentary only basically talks and like really pushes hard like one way and then this one really pushes hard this way there's no kind of like both sides yeah and then there's yeah also some you're doing an unbiased account right now i tried to because i i didn't know (laughs) like i kind of went back and forth like so many times even looking at pictures and videos being like but it was yeah it's hard it's hard to write in an unbiased way not let your own opinions come through yeah (laughs) it is um yeah however there were some websites that posted uh, what I describe as a very, very famous picture, which I actually didn't run across on any of the sites I looked at, um, but it's actually a oh. fake picture that's associated with the site. It's not like part of the site at all. Um, like it is obviously a picture, but it's not oh. something that's part of this site. Um, but really? it gets used on a lot of websites. The one article was saying Uh this picture says that it shows three divers swimming over a ginormous stone head that was carved with like a big feathered crown. Um, I didn't run across this picture, so oh. I don't have it for reference. But this okay. image uh, is fake or at least not associated with this site. And it doesn't match the from the pictures like the specific type of stone that can be found at the site. Like it doesn't match. Right. So it doesn't make sense. It's fake news (laughs) is what that is. People will put stuff up online and and just say, oh, it has to do with this thing. And you're like, actually, fact checking shows that this is from three years earlier. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So there's uh, so that was Kimiri or Kimura. And so on the flip side, going to. A man named Robert Shaw. Uh, He's a professor at Boston University. And. Okay. Yeah. He is like. Kind of. Firmly believes that it's natural. But he is open to it being like man-made. Or kind of a combination like we said. Um, One source said he worked on dating the Great Pyramid and the Sphinx in Egypt. I don't, but she wasn't interested. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know uh, if he's old yeah. enough. No. Um, Dad jokes. The Sphinx was like, hell no. <laughs> I ain't interested. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's true or like when those were actually dated, but one of the sources said that so it's like they know oh. nothing they don't know exactly when the pyramids no. or the sphinx was made we learned that episodes ago <laughs> yeah 
Um, so Robert Shaw has also dived at the site uh, multiple times. Gun rare. Sorry. I can hear him, so I assumed you could. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's dived at the site multiple times. Uh, not as many as Kimura, who's done it hundreds of times. And okay. uh, Shaw, he believes that the formation is basic geology, saying that the classic uh, stratigraphy, yeah, stratigraphy oh. for sta- sandstones. That's a new one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for sandstones, which tend to break along plains and give these very straight edges, particularly in an area with lots of faults and tectonic activity. Um, I mean, sure, but like, just because <clears throat> slate and stuff breaks off easily into like, you know, flat shards doesn't mean that things are going to break off into a whole complex right i guess that's just how i feel like (laughs) yeah um like my back table for like my outside patio is like a huge probably one and a half meter like almost square of slate like it weighs hundreds of pounds but the pieces that break off are like small and they're normally like maybe a centimeter or two centimeters and it's kind of like a shard or a sheet of it it's not like a section that's like seven feet tall breaking off in like a perfect like 90 degree angle and just like falling away and then it being perfectly flat on top exactly because what could cause it to crack like that it's it's just like an outside layer that gets sheared off because yeah structural whatever (laughs) um so he believes however that it's unlikely that the structure is fully man-made if at all because the monument itself he says is um like the base of it is connected to what was described as a hidden rock mass i think that just means like the ocean floor uh, a hidden rock mass yeah like it, that it's attached to something okay. it's not like it was like built like piece by piece and you can see that it's like sitting on it, it i guess right just making sure we weren't saying that a kid rock and mass no. or something <laughs> especially because my dog just said to jump up on the bed at the same time yeah can see his butt like over your shoulder a second ago. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he also believes that the pyramid like layers are likely to have gradually formed due to the site being located in this earthquake prone area. Um, kind of mentioned it before, but it's mm-hmm. located at the junction of the Pacific and Philippine sea plates. Um, so it's kind of right, oh. like right there um right and this area or location is also home to what one source said was 10 percent of the world's active volcanoes yeah pretty active seems like a lot for one area (laughs) um and earth not like the world's in 10 percent squares yeah Seems concentrated. <laughs> um, it also said that earthquakes happen very frequently in the area. Didn't say like how often, but it said they're very mm. frequent. 
Um, okay. With the pillars and arch-like holes in the rock, uh, he says these are caused over time by underwater eddies, um, which I didn't know what that was, but when I looked oh, it up, okay. it said it's basically like when the ocean has like a current and stuff, this is like smaller sections of current that maybe go in a different direction or things like that. So basically just the current. I feel like I've heard of it in terms of rivers and stuff. And you can kind of picture like in the middle, a current is strong. And then like off to the side, something like an eddy might. Yeah. Like it gets, it, it still erodes, but not as, it's not as strong as the main Yeah. Yeah. So he says these are caused by Hmm. like underwater eddies that are like scoring these depressions. Um, saying the lines and right angles are not as symmetrical as many plate um, is not as symmetrical in many places, and that pictures of the site tend to show the perfect view of the site. Um, I mean, I kind of did the same thing when I was trying to take like all almost all the pictures, other than the models, are screenshots I took of people free diving. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like a ten minute montage of them diving and like swimming so it's not like they were setting up like Mm -hmm. sitting there like this trying to get the perfect shot you know they were just swimming beside it that's right Um, yeah it makes it much more difficult to survey the area that way but still i mean the right angles and sights like in these videos still looked really good um oh yeah up close that's crazy That's very precise. Yeah. He was saying the pictures of the site tend to show the perfect view, making the lines look as regular and straight as possible. Again, the videos kind of showed that too. And that was just people swimming. Like they're not trying to like, they're just regular people that are like on a paid tour, basically that we're filming. So, um, in the, I think it's the first picture. It says channel. That channel, it kind of looks really big. It's not very big. It's probably only a few inches wide. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because I I looked at it, and then in the up close, I was getting, um, wondering if it was like in, uh, well, Star Wars, mm -hmm. when they're going (laughs) along this little tunnel sort of area that they have to get in to make the perfect shot to blow up like the death star at the perfect spot and they have to go it is like you know keep on target on target because they have to make sure they follow that little path and get in this little specific spot and i don't know why but that's what it reminds me of it kind of looks like that because it's like a little tunnel in the surface not a tunnel because it's not covered but a channel yeah like it's it's kind of hard to see in the picture it showed up better in the video but um the first mm. part and then it kind of looks like it goes back up and then it goes down again it actually kind of had steps on each side so there is kind of belief oh. that this was um like a water drain so that it would drain out each side and then kind of go down um and that's what the steps okay. were for <clears throat> it was hard to get a good picture um, of it yeah well because other than the the space on either side of it, yeah, the I could see it being like an aqueduct or something yeah. on land, something that's meant to carry water. Yeah, yeah, they say it was like drainage, so it could have been like a runoff and things like that. Uh, uh, he was saying that these can naturally yeah. occur underwater, uh, 
and then went on it didn't really explain how because that seems kind of strange that water would erode something so definitive when like i don't know the other 150 meters are super flat and then this one part is so concentrated that it's like down like 12 inches yeah erosion yeah hawk marks things it makes little divots it makes these smooth wavy lines yeah like it doesn't make this big long divot unless you were doing some sort of you ever seen like those water erosion comparison things or whatever where they're like this has been dripping on this stone for oh yeah 10 years and it shows how like <clears throat> eroded it is versus this has been this for what oops yeah hit my mic <laughs> But you're like, come on, that does not look natural. Like the erosion around the top and like, it looks like it's been underwater for years. Oh, yeah. But if it hadn't been, I'm sure it would look like Puma Punku or something where the lines would still be that precisely straight because they're straight, but then they seem almost just a little, you know, blurred or whatever because they're slightly eroded. Yeah. Um, So for the walls and pillars... He said these are natural horizontal horizontal platforms that have fallen into a vertical position when the rock below them erodes. So they basically like fell into place. What? But I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand this. I mean, I don't understand a lot of science, but I don't understand that explanation. <laughs> interesting another theory which is kind of two different theories that don't have a lot of information but one of them i kind of feel like is another pretty good possibility was the first one being that the area may just be the remains of a since destroyed building like it was just like one building and this was kind of just okay. like part of it. It wasn't like this huge complex of like castles and stadiums and like stages and pools and all this stuff. That this is just oh. <clears throat> like one building. And then mm-hmm. uh, the other one, which I kind of lean more towards, is that this was it was above water level, but it was just a quarry that was used for cutting like the sandstone and everything out and that's why there's all these like right angle shapes taken out or even the triangles being taken out there's also a spot in like right beside the pool that's kind of like inside the pool that looks like a giant like probably one fit one foot like perfect circular like pillar was like driven down like meters and meters down but it's like inside the pool Mm mm-hmm um, but it's like pretty right. like well done of like being a circular object and it's like why would that be like driven like so far into the stone like out of nowhere unless it was a well when it was above water yeah it was a well could have been interesting um so i kind of yeah, that seems i don't know about that <laughs> i i believe that could be like another possibility that it was a quarry and that's why we have all like these strange layers or even the steps going up um the side and everything were cut into it i suppose if they were like the steps look so particular to me it's like if you were building steps to get down to mine more rock yeah i think i could get behind that 
but for the whole thing to be just rocks taken out for random purposes, I feel like they make too many yeah. particular holes, um, you know? <laughs> so he goes on, as I kind of said, that possibly the choice between natural and human-made isn't simply an either-or, um, that we may find it is to be, like, both in the future. There's kind of a third person Ooh. that I found in one source that kind of weighed in an opinion. Um, he was is in uh, Toru Ochi, and he's an associate professor of seismology at Kobe University. And he, yeah, he supports Kimura's yeah. belief that the site is uh, potentially man-made, saying that as being like in seismology he has never seen tectonic activity that's had such a great effect on a landscape either above or below water um he also has dived there mm-hmm. he said he's touched the pyramid and he says quote what professor kimura says is not exaggerated at all and it's easy to tell that those relics are not caused by earthquakes um which we'll kind of get to because they have found or claim to have found actual like artifacts there. Um yeah. Oh. There uh is said to be like wow. these hieroglyphic inscriptions that were on stone artifacts recovered by divers of the site. Um it's kind of up in the air. One thing said that they've been definitively decoded and interpreted as some sort of paleo sanskrit sanskrit language um and that they were decoded by this linguistic mm-hmm. and inscription expert k shillman um and then a different source kind of talked about saying the rock inscriptions appear to belong to the Kada script that was a writing system used uh in the area's islands uh, before the introduction of the nation's education system in Japan. Yeah. Okay, um, so it's So old. they are saying that they found stuff that supposedly is, like, mm-hmm. etched with, like, this language. Um, but at the same time, they've said that they haven't found anything at the site other than, like, what's there. Yeah. Um, okay yeah that seems contradictory haven't found anything significant except for this Um, one thing (laughs) there are people that have dismissed what we kind of mentioned these animal drawings and inscriptions as scratches that can naturally occur in rocks underwater um i'd say for it to occur in a distinct enough pattern that somebody believes (laughs) it's a translatable language and then translates it is very unlikely yeah if that's <laughs> slim <true>. to none <laughs> yeah. yeah the possibility a rock it. just like slowly yeah. rolling with what the tide the just like writing a language um <laughs> i'm sorry wait that's a uh, that's you're asking me to believe something like she slipped fell landed right. on his dick no <laughs> slipped on a banana peel along those lines <laughs> I mean, I guess it could happen, but <laughs> they did say oh, like so all that talking about like there being this translated language that was translated by this guy. 
one source literally went on the next paragraph to be like, but more direct evidence of human involvement with the site has been harder to come by. Saying that there's pottery, wood, um, don't last at the oh. bottom of the ocean in water. Um, but they are interested in further research on the relief at the site that's apparently painted and resembles a cow. Again, I couldn't find pictures of this, but apparently now it's painted and looks like a cow. Um, <laughs> I don't know where this relief is supposed to be, honestly. Oh. <clears throat> right, right, right. Like like the other ones that you heard of. But no, and like in all the diving videos, like <laughs> people will have their own little captions. They'll yeah. be like diving and they'll be like, this is the triangle pool. These are the stairs. Like there's actual like named spots um that they'll put in the videos and none of them are like here's yeah. the painted relief that looks like a cow like <laughs> like <laughs> but the yeah i don't know where it it's supposed to be <laughs> um the chimera gentleman he says we want to determine the makeup of the paint and he would also like to carry out subsurface research um so i think he wants to like bring it up uh, both the Japanese <laughs> government <laughs> right? to take the deepest dive. Uh, Sorry. Both the <laughs> Japanese government's Agency for Cultural Affairs and the government of Okinawa Prefecture deny that the Onagani or Onaguni monument is a historical site. So it's not recognized as any sort of historical site. It doesn't have any conference conservation or like protection um if you dive there like there's operating oh like diving things That's um cool. they teach you like the safety of it because you can like free dive it even with just like a snorkel but uh oh, i mean wow. you have to swim down and then obviously hold your breath but you don't need like scuba gear i'm saying to like technically do it um if you keep going up Sure. Yeah. It'd be like a certified. Uh, the site yeah, itself diver. is very popular among divers. Um, and then its conservation basically lies with the divers, scholars, and then other individuals who work on the site. And I assume like provide the tours. Um, it rests uh, from, I think, the mm -hmm. highest point nine to the lowest point 52 feet below the surface. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So a few stories high. It is. It when you watch the videos tall. and you like see the people like the swimming pictures. beside yeah. the steps, you're like, you really couldn't even step up the steps. Like they're that big, which is kind of. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. Kimura says hmm. that the new governor of Okinawa Prefecture and officials from the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization have recently expressed interest in being able to verify the site. I don't know when that was. Um, but obviously more people are interested in looking into it. He said the best way to get a definitive answer about the origins is to mm -hmm. keep going back and collecting more evidence. Uh, he said if he did not have a chance to see the structures for himself, he might be skeptical as well. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine you would yeah. be. It's, it's hard to picture. <laughs> right? Even with the picture. <laughs> My mm -hmm. just last thing That's was um, 
listed in one of the sources was kind of cool. It said that uh, formations that occur in this area haven't been witnessed or located really anywhere else on Earth. Um, that's why it's of such interest, like people. Um, and at the same time, they haven't occurred at the high no. uh, like concentration or so close to each other. No. I can't imagine yeah. they would, naturally. Uh, it just... <laughs> you said that uh, formations natural. Uh, that occur naturally tend to have, like, loose blocks in the flat areas, which I kind of talked about. Like, even if you look picture at pictures kind of around it, it's, like, more pebbly, the rounded stones and everything, and then this is just, like, so angular. No real, like, loose rocks anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-mm. Well, it's like on Oak Island, it was a little bit harder to see because what they found ended up being a, a stone road yeah. made of a bunch of rounded stones. So at first glance, if you're not like archaeologist or whatever, like you might not recognize that as being anything other than normal stones under the ground. But once they start excavating yeah. it, you can tell it's purposely there. It's like this wide it's this long like they all <laughs> you can tell where the edge is and all that stuff like you know natural yeah. stuff just doesn't follow that sort of pattern like you get this here you get that there like animals oh yeah it gets moved around <laughs> it's, yeah oh yeah like this does not seem man or yeah natural to me <laughs> yeah the the pool i'd say is like yeah. pretty interesting because it's kind of weird like if you're saying this like got pushed up or whatever got like eroded then like why is it kind of eroding like this yeah because when in nature do or you ever get a perfect yeah, square or a triangle in a, a, a triangle in a triangle like... <laughs> yeah with perfect 90 degree angles yeah. shaping those triangles <laughs> I know. I can suspend my disbelief yeah. for movies, but yeah, I kind of lean towards it's either <laughs> like at least partially man-made. Um, maybe it wasn't like some big huge city empire, or whatever. Maybe it was like a quarry or a building or something like that. Yeah, but it could have even just been like a temple. Sure. Could have been like a temple yeah. with you a can't pool. Really say. Like, you don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly that's what's so cool about time travel or peeking into different times is that you're like how was this used back then or like i'm standing on a place that like what right. did this look like a thousand yeah. years ago it's so fascinating wow. <laughs> oh crazy now i got something else to google and do a deep it's, dive on it was hard to time. find any good pictures <laughs> other than like the few diagrams um yeah almost every yeah the diagrams everything else good. i i pulled yeah. myself off of like different diver videos i watched um but they'll be in the sources if you guys want to Wait, you had to screen like you had to make a screenshot from the video. I don't know how to. It's do It's just that. like the the snip tool. It's crazy. <laughs> just pause the video and then just snip it. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. I've used that one. 
I do love one of them's called the Twin Towers, which is yeah, very that Lord I of didn't the Rings. find <laughs> and anything like, like written about. That's supposed to be like right when you enter, you kind of swim through this like tunnel kind of thing to get to it, or you can swim through the tunnel, or you can just come from directly from the surface. But if you swim through the tunnel, you kind of pass by these and. Um, oh. I didn't find reference to them anywhere, but one of the divers' videos just said these are the twin towers. I was like, okay, sure. Screenshot it. Oh no, I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's a cool name. Well, good job. That was fascinating, and I've never heard of it. <laughs> and I've watched many episodes of that drain the oceans show (laughs) there's so much underwater shit like it's so fascinating we could do more episodes on this oh people are afraid of the ocean it is vast i'm afraid of the ocean terrifying (laughs) deep dark black Mm -hmm. water yeah yeah no thanks hard pass (laughs) we'll be right back yeah. I'm going to throw Kelsey in the sea <laughs> and see if it <laughs> the salt water cures her ailments like a giant neti pot. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we are back. <laughs> yes. And now I get to talk and Kelsey gets to rest her voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going back underwater, so all you're going to hear is bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> Can you imagine? I kind of (laughs) can. This segment is actually called The Bloop. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Very fitting. Me telling you. Yeah. So, quote, in 1997, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration discovered an unusual ultra-low frequency sound emanating from a point off the southern coast of Chile. It Love was. It. I know. <laughs> uh, the loudest unidentified underwater sound ever recorded, detected by hydrophones 5,000 miles or 8,000 kilometers apart. Wow. <laughs> it lasted for one minute and was never heard again, end quote. It became known as the bloop. It was a long, rising sound that has to be sped up 16 times so that our ears can perceive it. It sounds like this. It sounded like a bloop. That sounded exactly yeah. like bloop. bloop. <laughs> yes, it just goes bloop. <laughs> Maybe I can edit it in somehow. I know there's a way. You were smart enough to do that when we did the Kemper Patreon stuff where you can edit it. Oh, yeah. That was a nightmare. (laughs) And and it was on Audacity. Or it wasn't even. It was on Anchor. Anchor. Oh. It would have been a million times easier on Audacity. No, we don't. You don't help us at all. And you only allow sponsorships or whatever in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. they're not the greatest. But anyway, it's... <laughs> they called it the bloop because it that's basically what it sounds like when our ears can hear yeah. it. It's like, bloop. 
<laughs> so it's interesting. It's not that they hadn't heard anything like that before, but it was the loudest noise of that kind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's creepy yeah. that it's so loud. So loud and heard five thousand miles slash eight hundred out eight thousand kilometers away on the different underwater recording devices. <laughs> yeah, creepy. Um. So yeah, they were confused. The scientists that happened to monitor these things, and they asked the Navy to be sure that it wasn't like an, a man-made sound, like a. Mm. underwater equipment of some kind on a submarine or whatever and they were like nope not that we know of <laughs> yeah like and like people were like okay so maybe it's just more organic it sounds more like a nature sound um but still conspiracies abounded could it be a secret underwater base a military base or a military exercise uh, I mean, I guess that's more of the conspiracy ask, but it just could it have to do with fishing boats and their winches, or maybe some giant squids, whales, whatever. Like, yeah. there's lots of big creatures, yeah. But they were like, oh, it's so big and heard so far off, and they do usually know what blue whales sound like as well, so they could pretty much cross that off the list. <laughs> um. According to Wikipedia, the sounds was detected by the Equatorial Pacific Ocean Autonomous Array, a system of hydrophones primarily used to monitor undersea seismicity, ice noise, and marine mammal population and migration. Mm. Um, very fancy. <laughs> yeah. This system was designed and built by NOAA's Pacific Marine environmental laboratory to augment noah's use of the u.s navy sound surveillance system sosis which was originally designed to detect soviet subs so noah is the cute acronym because the it's like the north i have it further on oceanic acoustic atmospheric it spells n-o-a-a so oh, okay yeah, it's like the ocean, you know, body, government body, and they and they shorten it to Noah, which is kind of cute because like Noah's Ark. <laughs> mm -hmm. And also, it said, "quote The sound rose in frequency over about one minute and was of sufficient amplitude to be heard on multiple sensors at a range of over five thousand kilometers or three thousand miles." Um, which I don't know. I did see a little bit of different miles, kilometers, about how far away it was heard. Sometimes they were oh, talking okay. about the like what recording devices picked it up and stuff like that. So I, I just figured it wasn't super accurate down to the the oh, foot no. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but like it was, yeah, it was heard super far away from where it probably came from um using hydrophones or underwater microphones that were placed more than three thousand 
2119 kilometers apart across the Pacific, they recorded numerous instances of the noise, which was unlike anything they had heard before. Not only was it loud, the sound had a unique characteristic that came to be known as the bloop, end quote. Mm. I, I think, you want to know what my thought is? I think it's like yeah. a whale. I think it's the only recorded whale fart. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? It's just like, like over a minute. <laughs> just a whale farting. The like, largest one where he had like the most, I don't know, for dinner. No, a whale like belching. <laughs> He's burping. Like, whoa. World's longest whale burp. Oh, yeah. He's like Barney on The Simpsons who belches like... Rah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could be more right than you know. Just wait. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I have a few things I'm going to talk about, we'll say. Uh, eventually, the theories gave way to the decision by the NOAA events program to attribute attribute the sound to a large ice quake or cryosism I think is how you say it (laughs) Um, they point to the numerous ice quakes that share similar spectrograms with the bloop as well as the amplitude necessary to detect them despite ranges exceeding 5,000 kilometers um, and I should have written down where this quote came from. <laughs> quote, the bloop was the sounds of an ice quake, an iceberg cracking and breaking away from an Antarctic glacier. With global warming, more and more ice quakes occur annually, breaking off glaciers, cracking off, and eventually melting into the ocean. So, they kind of do think that's what it could be. But it doesn't sound like a cracking sound at all. <laughs> I know, and I'm not an expert, but it is very strange. And I don't know, there's a little bit to like back it up, but really not enough maybe to convince you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I learned that during our ice calving, uh, also known as glacier calving, When a mass of ice breaks off a glacier or iceberg, the sound can vary due to the sound source's source's own motion. I mean, so obviously it can sound different depending on how the iceberg or glacier breaks off, I guess is what they're saying. And rubbing or ridging can also occur when two or more areas or glacial ice flows are forced together. Um, it kind of gives me earthquake vibes where like tectonic yeah. plates are forced together yeah this induces sheer deformation at its edges and triggering horizontally polarized waves end quote I did not <gasps> come up with that on my own <laughs> ridging occurs when the ice bends or slides at the ridges um, so, I mean, ice does make a lot of noises, apparently, when it's moving around and 
breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, but again, it, it did seem larger and weirder than anything they'd ever heard in terms of ice. Otherwise, why would it be noted as such an odd occurrence, I guess? I just think of, like, how many, like, Our Planet episodes have you watched where it shows, like, a big ice sheet, like, breaking off and, like, boom, cr- and it's, like, crash, like, into the water. Yeah. And it's not going, it's going, like. I mean, I suppose, but I guess we'd have to wonder what it sounded like under the water when that happened, because normally we're on top. But still, yeah. you would, yeah, even you would think if it, the bloop sound sounds like something falling in the water, then there would be multiple sounds. Yeah, like I agree. Like bloops and like, like when I think of that, I think of like stuff coming from the under the water and like going up is like the blah, 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 blah sound and then like the like oh, drip yeah. drip yeah. drip kind of sound of even like water dripping into like even like one drop hitting another thing of like a bucket mm-hmm. of water is like a drip drip sound it's not normally going boop, boop. like it's not really right i see what you're saying yeah I think it definitely denotes some sort of displacement of water for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, I have a hard time saying whether <laughs> is it a drip, a drop, or a bloop? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, possible animal origins had been discussed as well. Um, of course. Uh, Whale farts. And Christopher. <laughs> Will farts don't even start. You just wait. Oh, we'll <laughs> get to the next story. It's Kraken. Um, <laughs> it's the Kraken. So, Christopher Fox, chief scientist of the Acoustic Monitoring Project of NOAA's Pacific Marine Environmental Lab, or PEMEL, they called it, was interviewed by a man named David Wallman. Fox said he did not believe the sound was man-made or an earthquake or a volcano. And although the audio profile of Bloop does resemble that of a living creature, that it would be far more powerful than the calls made by an animal on Earth. Which, I mean, yeah. It's loud. loud. Yeah. The thing about it is that... Like, how far do, like, whale calls travel and stuff? I don't have that information. <laughs> the only thing I have is uh, there should be an infographic type picture mm. that shows a comparative of mm. like a blue whale and then it sh- maybe will say like the bloop and then it will show how large the animal would have to be compared to the blue whale to make this bloop sound. It looks like a really big blue whale, basically. <laughs> oh god, all I see is the blobfish. No, I hate the blobfish. <laughs> <laughs> He's so pretty. <laughs> oh, I hate the blobfish. <laughs> so she's familiar with the blobfish. Yeah, yeah. no, but there's one oh, that says wow. bloop comparison, and it's like the blue whale looks tiny for once. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. 
that's what stuck with me the first time I heard this was just looking at the graphic and being like, if something is in there in the ocean <laughs> that's that big, like, oh my god. Yeah, that would be scary. Lot. By about 2012, most speculation of it being an animal was replaced by the ice theory, which was ice calving or seabed gouging by ice. Apparently seabed gouging is like, picture the bottom of an uh, iceberg and like the mm. bottom of it hits the sea floor and then gouges oh, into it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wow. like, okay. Either way, it's a big noise. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. Right? Um, okay, it's good. Um, <clears throat> Fox's hunch is that the sound nickname Bloop is the most likely to come from some sort of animal because its signature is a rapid variation in frequency similar to that of sounds known to be made by marine beasts. There is one crucial difference, however. In 1997, Bloop was detected by sensors up to 4,800 kilometers or 3,000 miles apart. That means it must be far louder than any whale noise or any other animal noise for that matter. Is yeah. it even remotely possible that some creature bigger than any whale is lurking in the ocean depths? Or perhaps more likely, something that is much more efficient at making sound? Hmm. That's scary. Wow. Yeah, they don't know. Um so they also do reference often if you look this up um or I've heard on a, a definitely a podcast I listened to about it too. Um there's a creature known as Whale 52. You know how whales have songs and can communicate with one another? Yeah. So, um, this one, and they all have their own, like, I don't know if it's, like, frequencies, say, that they emit on, but there is one sound that they tracked that they attributed to Whale 52, who they called that, they named him, and they tracked him as one who is very unique, because he has a song that emits at an extremely low frequency, about 53 hertz. Um, and scientists studying these whale songs found that it's such a low decibel that he can't possibly be heard by any other whale in the world. Oh, that's just so sad. I know! The world's I wish I never whale. learned this information, but I had already learned it, and I was like, oh no! I forgot. He's been called the loneliest whale on earth. Yeah. Oh, somebody just vis so visually see him. But what if this was some creature that just emits lower? Like, he's the loneliest creature on earth. Nobody can hear him. Like, wow. I don't know. Also, apparently, BTS, the Korean prop pop group, has a song yeah. called Whalian 52. Oh my god. You literally Google it and that's what comes up. Um, okay, I do have a little bit more on the bloop. Pop, pop culture appearances. Oh god. They did investigate <laughs> the bloop in season one, episode two of Weird or What on Discovery Canada. Okay. Haven't seen it. 
I know I want to watch it. Um, it was also mentioned in the 2012 American made for TV thriller produced for animal planet and discovery channel in the form of a documentary titled mermaids, the body found, which suggests that the bloop sounds was evidence of mermaids or an unknown species in the ocean. And not surprisingly, Noah in turn posted a refutation on their website. I have heard of this. I have heard of, other podcasters that were like I saw this and thought it was like legit because it was on Discovery Channel yeah I think I talked about that during my mermaid segment or something (gasps) oh totally that I think that was that I have heard of it I think that was the same documentary maybe yeah quote-unquote documentary yeah it's like a mockumentary by the sounds of it almost (laughs) Um, and just a little bit more on the bloop. It, uh, there was a mention of it in the kids TV animated series, the deep season one, episode 23, where they discovered that the sound of the bloop comes from the form of sentient coral. Oh, lovely. Some coral. (laughs) It sounds so cute. Sentient coral. (laughs) Sentient coral. Coral, what do you know about this? I don't know. Get off my back, man. I support millions of fish life. (laughs) (laughs) And the big blue plays an important role in Jean Marie Blah de Robel novel, Robel's novel, Island of Point Nemo. Very, very French sounding name. I don't know. I haven't read it, but. Point Nemo might come up again. Mm. <laughs> also, <laughs> the comic book Atomic Robo had Robo investigate the source of the bloop for Noah in a deep sea submersible. I haven't seen that. And no. in Steve Allen's The Lock, the source of the bloop is revealed to be a colony of giant carnivorous eels, one of which lives in Loch Ness. Ugh, gross. Don't like. It is gross, but also the eel thing came up with the Loch Ness research because I don't know, eels are kind of mysterious. They still, like, don't know how they reproduce exactly. And, like, I think some of them were found there that, like, they weren't quite sure how they survived there or something. Wow. They're gross. I don't like them. No, but that is is it on the bloop, and I, I just wanted to share that with you. That was... That's crazy. Uh, It's pretty weird. (laughs) I have a couple more things. It's going to make me laugh because you and your whale farts. Okay, (laughs) so back to the Cold War era. from about 1947-1991 when superpowers the US and the USSR were facing off in kind of an epic stare down and they're building all their nuclear missiles space racing sort of too Yeah, I mean obviously man on the moon whatever but yeah it's called the cold war because like there wasn't any big battles so to speak 
But that sets the stage for this because um, during this time, um, <laughs> the one thing I listened to the podcast was like, think of them like these big bullies in the playground with the USA and the USSR. And then <gasps> like, guess who's in the middle? Poor little Sweden. <laughs> yeah. And they they are in a interesting place. So is Finland. But anyway, um, <laughs> maybe Finland's got used to having to actually share borders with Russia and they've just made their peace with it. But Sweden was kind of concerned about the Baltic Sea, the area of water between Russia, Finland, Sweden, and all that. Mm-hmm. So they're like, what's going to go on? Um, and then they were like, okay. Well, it's probably fine until a Soviet submarine was rescued off the shores of Sweden, just a few kilometers from their main naval base or a naval base. So they went, oh, shit, are they here already, like, patrolling the seas in their little Russian submarines? (laughs) And what should we do? So they decided to use their underwater recording devices. I assume... They used some of the radars on their ship and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if they actually built new recording devices. But Mm. um, for weeks, months at a time, they recorded whatever sounds they could pick up underwater. And most were classified as typical ocean sounds. (laughs) Typical ocean sounds. They don't know. They're military people. They're like... Unless we heard the sound of, like, (laughs) an underwater bomb. I don't know what they think they're going to actually be able to tell is going on. (laughs) They would, like, hear a weird noise and then spend, like, a month trying to, like, track it down. And they'd be like, okay, well, we couldn't find any Russian subs, so I guess it's... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Jesus. I know. Come on, Sweden. You're so smart, usually. (laughs) Um. Yes, Pat is <laughs> Swedish descent. <laughs> he will not let me malign them. <laughs> okay, so by this time, then by 1991, a few years after that, the USSR finally falls. Um, uh, you know, becomes Russia plus all those other little countries. Um. Then in 1994, about 12 years after the recording started, Prime Minister Prime Minister Carl Bildt decides he's had enough and writes to Boris Yeltsin. Yeltskin. That guy I had heard of before, and I still can't pronounce his name. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he was the then pres- president of Russia. Um, he's mm. pretty well known. He's he was he did have a birthmark on his face. Like, so if you ever see that guy in the news talking to them, you know it's that president. <laughs> mm, I don't um, know. No, mm. okay. It was kind of before our time. So, <laughs> but he basically says to the Russian prime minister, fuck off, stay away from us now. We kind of know you're hanging out in the Baltic Sea. We hear you. With your little submarines making your way around there, and 
we're not going to take it anymore. Now you're, you've fallen. You're not the USSR and we don't have to deal with you anymore. We ain't scared of use. <laughs> and Boris Yeltsin was like, dude, I'm kind of busy. I don't have time for whatever this nonsense is. So they thought, fine, we'll just look into it ourselves. If like, you're not going to admit what you're doing. And before we retaliate, we better make sure that it's a legit underwater threat. Yeah. So they reached out to a professor at the University of Southern Denmark named Magnus Wahlberg. <laughs> I was listening. When I first heard of this, it was on a podcast episode of Well, That's Interesting. And I thought they said Marcus Wahlberg. And I'm glad I looked it up. Because I was going to make Mark no. Wahlberg jokes. <laughs> yeah, not but it, Marky Mark. No. No, it turned out to be Magnus, which I also love the name Magnus. But anyway. <laughs> um, so he came to the Bergen base in Stockholm, Sweden, with a team of his acoustic specialists. And they were the first civilians to hear these sounds ever outside of the military people. Wow. So they listen to these underwater sounds, yeah. And he's like expecting these kind of sonar pings that you hear on like radar or like maybe some sort of propeller sounds or something like that. And he's like, it was nothing like that at all, Wahlberg said. It sounded like someone frying bacon, like small air bubbles releasing underwater. Oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah. So they decided to do some experiments to try and recreate the sound since they had an idea of what it might be. So they grabbed some herring from the fish market and they squeezed them around their little middles and they listened to the result. Uh, no. Oh, they had their answer. Fish farts. Yes! <laughs> I'm so glad you got it so quickly. <laughs> The farting fish. <laughs> Not a whale, but a fish. But wait, it'll make sense. Quote, it, it turns out like... herring have a swim bladder. I'm so sorry, what? I was going to say, <laughs> why does it? Why did they say it sounded like bacon frying? I don't want to picture that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I It must be like a kind of a pop, a popping sound or something. Yeah. Um... Herring have a swim bladder, and the swim bladder is connected to the anal duct of the fish, Wahlberg said. It's a very unique connection, only found in herring. So a herring can squeeze its sw swim bladder, and that way it can blurt out a small number of bubbles through the anal opening. <laughs> lovely. So lovely. Also, you've heard of the term of red herring before? In, in yes. books? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, it's usually like, okay, it's something that's supposed to detract from the question or distract you from the plot. <laughs> yeah. But red herrings don't actually really exist there are baltic herring and atlantic herring and they're both pretty much silver looking you know <laughs> as fish do <laughs> yeah um but a red herring literally typically refers to a strong kipper made from fish 
typically herring that is strongly cured in brine or smoked, and this gives it the red color. If you look at pictures, yeah, you're like, okay, it turns pretty red. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, if you smoke, like, any meat, it'll get, like, kind of a red-brown color. You smoke anything, you're seeing all kinds of colors. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I had to look and make sure a kipper was in the kind of fish. And no, a kipper is a split herring that is salted or pickled, then cold smoked. Originally from Scotland. Hmm. Uh, kippers, there you go. Uh, and that although Baltic herring are slightly smaller than their Atlantic cousins, they travel in very large groups. So they can travel in schools in the thousands. And the largest school ever recorded was four cubic kilometers thick. Oh, that sounds (laughs) disgusting. Contained about four billion fish. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> that's ab. Oh my god, that's insane. Right? So no wonder when you get those fish farting together, you can hear the <laughs> assholes. Oh. <laughs> All the it little says, fish toots. Fishy toots. <laughs> the toots. <laughs> But apparently most fish use their swim bladder to ascend and descend. So they either take in Mm. a bunch of water, which includes air. So then that helps them. What was it? Go down? It's confusing. I'm sorry. And then the herring let out all their air straight out their ass. I wrote just like us. (laughs) (laughs) So they probably saw these big submarines and their equipment and they got scared and they just tooted in terror and descended quickly away (laughs) yeah four billion of them tooted and it smelled and it sounded like bacon frying (laughs) (laughs) oh my god never cook bacon naked yeah all right we can do this i like i said i had to cut some of the mine i literally found so many fun things in the ocean but i do like how this one ties a little bit back in a way to the first one Mm. um it is called it's a place ish called point nemo (laughs) like yeah like finding nemo and it's like basically the literal middle of nowhere it's in the ocean um it's been calculated as basically the furthest point of land furthest point from any land in all directions okay yeah what are all those horror movies out now with people being stranded by sharks and stuff oh so scary yeah (laughs) the shallows yeah that one was good uh yeah but so scary (laughs) yeah oh no thanks i was i was listening to one recently that was the on, on a podcast on the real life tale of the movie adrift with like I guess Shailene Woodley uh-huh. but I haven't seen it yeah. she goes out adrift and like now I want to watch it because I'm like she seemed to survive against all odds <laughs> I did watch that movie all I remember is there's like a fake out at the end where you hmm. think 
like her husband survived, but he had been dead for like weeks and she was basically just hallucinating him. Yep. I think I kind of spoiled myself by listening to the podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still, it's based on a true story. And yeah. Excuse me. Still remarkable. She survived like a few weeks. So the closest land masses to the. Oh, they call it the Oceanic Pole of Inaccessibility. <laughs> Ugh. Get stranded like there. <laughs> right? It's terrible. There is a depiction of where it is on the map in the on the drive. Oh, you can okay. kind of see how far away it is. Um and then I found the quote, the closest land masses to the pole are one of the Pitcairn Islands to the north, one of the Easter Islands to the northeast, and one of the islands off the coast of Antarctica to the south, end quote. Oh, wow. Also, Nemo is Latin for no one. <laughs> That's a little gross. <laughs> and they said, indeed, it's possible that no one has ever been there in a ship anything just to pass through because it's literally not on any route to anything <laughs> wow um and nothing can live there because of the extreme currents that don't really allow for any life to latch on also oh, okay yeah and then it's I learned that writer H.P. Lovecraft came up with his own sea monster that you may have heard of in his 1926 story, The Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> Sounds familiar. It's, I feel like, yeah, uh, it's kind of made its way into popular stuff. Cthulhu, the Kraken, the giant squid. It's kind of along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not that I've read the book myself, but he wrote that the creature's lair was in the lost city of Riley, 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 <laughs> R-Y-L-E-H, I don't know, in the <laughs> South Pacific Ocean. Lovecraft gave Riley the coordinates. Um, well, and then I tried to write down coordinates, which is really hard on a computer actually because then you had to try and make it make that little symbol oh i just copy and paste that shit i don't have time for it. damn it why didn't i do that because now i have written down the coordinates 47 126 <laughs> which is obviously not right i had like 47 blah blah south 126 blah blah north i think when i started this oh yeah but the point is that they were astonishingly close to Point Nemo's coordinates. So where Lovecraft had his creature come from the deep, the deep yeah. happened to be very close to this just middle of nowhere point that, but nobody, like the guy that calculated it was basically the middle of nowhere and the furthest out from any land didn't do that until decades after. yeah. Like the 1926 story. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, to end that one out, it's actually now known as the Spaceship Graveyard because that's where they drop all the spacecraft that gets burned up upon re-entry 
to the world. That's lovely. <laughs> They're like, fuck the ocean. Right? <laughs> well, there's no people here, so at least... That's what they do with all the ones that don't have people in them. So they're going to burn up. So they're like, at least just aim for this point in the ocean where you're probably not going to bother anybody. And that's where they drop it. Except the Kraken. Just like, exactly. He's pissed. He's, <laughs> he's had too many things fall in his head. Jesus. Literally, since 1971, more than 263 pieces have landed in the ocean there including the Russian Mir space station and NASA's first space station, Skylab. And just to circle back, this one article said it's actually not that far from where they recorded the bloop noise being or oh. originated from. <gasps> Which it's a crack. I was like, I just ended up decide okay well point nemo's cool oh i got some other cool things and then like writing the rest of the notes on that and then it like came back to the bloop and i was like what (laughs) yeah that's the best when everything like is separate but then it all ties together in the end tied together it circled back it was amazing yeah now you might be wondering because that's the end of my actual notes but why there's random pictures of the blobfish and other disgusting sea creatures yeah i do not like goblin sharks i have seen no pictures. this kind of tied into the article that i read um said they were let's see where's the actual article name if i have it here oh they might not have had it in the link it was like seven creatures that look like they're out of an H.P. Lovecraft story. <laughs> that was like, perfect. We keep coming back to Lovecraft. But yeah. it was the blobfish who just like looks like jello once you take him out of the deep sea because his body's not built for the air. And he just goes, bleh. <laughs> it's just creepy because it looks like a weird, weirdly almost human-like creaturey like frowny face weird nose then the eyes with almost like eye sockety kind of like bald scully head but then it's just a blob yeah he just looks like a melting guy with a a bulbous nose like (laughs) seven billion pounds and then like yeah big frowny face on him Yeah, oh. yeah, he's fucking weird. <laughs> that totally describes it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I do enjoy uh, the picture of the statue that I think somebody like photoshopped, so it looks like it's holding the blobfish up. I oh, do enjoy that right. picture. It's like a Greek statue with his arm <laughs> yeah. held out, and there's just like this floppy blobfish placed in it. That's pretty great. I yeah. I included that just for you. I was like, well, that doesn't show it any better. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I'm here. <laughs> um, and the rest of those were something called the deep sea hatchet fish. Oh. Which was okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The fang tooth fish. Uh, we've probably all seen versions of this. You've got the big old, big old teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're big old fucking mouths that are half the size of their body. 
Um, Don't love sea those cucumbers. Ones. No, no, sea cucumbers were on the list where I was like, okay, but those are kind of adorable in a way. But I get it; it's they like, don't really have a body shape. <laughs> they look like a caterpillar, but they're like spiky porcupine caterpillar. Those are the ones that weirded me out when I saw some pictures where they were like spiky. I was like, okay, these ones I don't really know. Like, cause mm. haven't you ever been to like one of those like touch tanks where you can feel some of them and starfish and stuff like that? Cause yeah. I haven't. They feel weird. I like refuse to I touch understand. anything. I don't <laughs> like the. I think I like what. The only thing I've never been creeped out by, like, touching that came from the water was, like, a dolphin. <laughs> like, everything else, <gasps> like, I couldn't touch. Like, when we had those I little blue lobsters, they were like, oh, yeah, you can, like, really? hold them and stuff like that. And every time I went to hold them, I just, like, got the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> like, I couldn't do it. And it was basically just a shrimp. Like. <laughs> yeah. Although some blue lobsters can be big. I have a picture of Rain standing next mm. to one behind a, you know, at a museum in like New yeah. Brunswick or whatever. And she's like four and the lobster is like taller than her. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I know what you mean. They're fucking weird looking. <laughs> They're sea insects. Um, and then, yeah, the last ones on that list were the goblin sharks and the flaming tongue snails, which actually were kind of cute. They were like the spotted looking snails. Yeah. I thought those ones were kind of cute. I, I don't oh, know. I, the like, I like those ones. I've seen yeah, those I don't in know. some aquariums maybe before. I don't think they necessarily belonged in the same list, but. It felt good to round it out with some weird sea creatures that actually existed. <laughs> yeah. I I think yeah. the flaming tongue snails are pretty cute. Yeah. I'll get you one for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you like a, a blobby. Bucks. I'll get you oh! a blobfish. <laughs> I have been meaning to fill up my fish tank again. <laughs> No, you know what? I'll get you those fucking what? um. What are they? Um, those ones that are like they're so cute. They got like arms and they're like pink and blue, and they have like the dragon like thing around their neck. Oh, and they always look like they're smiling. So oh cute. yeah, that sounds familiar. Like a bunch of fins. I can't remember what they're fins. called. I don't know. I'm looking up cute weird fish. Oh, it came up. Perfect. Cute weird fish. <laughs> cute weird fish. Dot com. <laughs> Tell me the name. <laughs> Stop giving me lists. Uh, <laughs> what is it called? Oh my god. Clown. The... No. Not oh, clown. the oxalot. Oxalotti or the Mexican salamander. I think I looked up how you care for them and they're not too hard. You can um Or the Mexican salamander. Yeah, they're so cute. Well, oh some God. of them are okay, cute. You have to send it to me. I can't spell it. Anyway. Well, uh it's A X O L O T L. Oxalotl. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're cute. 
Oh, yeah. They they look like a cartoon. <laughs> they kind of yeah. have a smiley little face and then all white. Okay. I, I There's do like recognize pink these ones guys. and white ones. And some, some, well, this came up with like a brown one that looks like a mushroom. He is not cute. Oh. But. <laughs> yeah, these ones have these like red little flowery ears. Yeah. <laughs> they're so weird looking, but they're so cool. I, like I looked that. up how to like care for them at one point and I think you had to like monitor the temperature of the tank or something too much. Yeah, there's like some specific stuff, but they aren't like crazy bad, but there's some specific stuff you have to do for them. But Oh uh, yeah, probably like saltwater fish or somewhere. It's just a little bit more work. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, I'm thirsty now. I'm gonna go grab a refill, but that was amazing. You did an awesome job and we made it to the end. Another episode. Uh, Probably a two and a half hour one by the looks of it, but that's okay. Y'all missed us. I heard that from my brother. He said the fans missed us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We missed the fans. I know. I said we were gone a week and we fucking missed you. It felt nice. weird to be off the mic. <laughs> Sat there binge watching everything. Everything on Netflix and Amazon Prime. And then saying, what am I doing with my life? No. <laughs> no, and then going, oh my god, I wish I had like two more weeks where I didn't have to go back to work and then I finished my whole list and then I could like move on to stuff I have downloaded on like hard drives that's like... <laughs> Not in threat of being removed off, like, Amazon or Netflix. That's true. I would actually feel such a feeling of accomplishment after watching all those things. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, it is. It's, like, exactly like crossing (laughs) stuff off a list. You're just like, not like it's a chore, but, like, sometimes when there's, like, so many of them on the list and you just, like, I'll sometimes like shut down and just be like, I'm gonna browse Facebook for four hours. <laughs> like, <'cause it's> like... <laughs> oh, yeah. too much. Brain can't handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's when I like put on a movie where I just want to say I'll have watched it and I don't really care or I know it's not very good. I'll just be like, yeah, put it on split screen. I'm gonna browse Instagram. <laughs> yeah i'm like that it'll be on the tv and then i'm kind of on my phone and i'm like reading a book i'm like half paying attention i'm saying yeah see <laughs> and you're just like well that was a movie i knew it wasn't great and i watched it bye <laughs> but we're so fucking riveting that there's no reason why anyone has to do that with us they are listening with yeah. both ears <laughs> <laughs> and staring at a wall, not doing anything else. Don't you dare do the dishes or laundry when you listen to this. No. No! I cannot listen to a podcast like that. Right? Oh, it's like editing ours. That's hard enough when you've already heard it once. <laughs> You're like, I hope this is interesting for someone else. <laughs> when I'm editing our episode, that's almost always when I'm typing up my notes for like our next episode and I'm yes. only listening for like a sniff, a cough, a uh, like awkward pause, like something. Yes. I'm like, if I'm typing that- and it catches my attention, it definitely needs to get edited. Otherwise, it's probably getting left in. Like That's true. Yeah, you're right. I can kind of do it with half an ear too. Like I yeah. do with everything. <laughs> half an ass, no. <laughs> Don't 
half-ass right. one, think whole-ass two things. <laughs> <laughs> or no, that was the opposite. Here. That was the opposite. <laughs> Don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. That's what it was. Oh, I think yeah, it's from, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think sense. it's from Parks and Rec. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, we hope your whole ass will be with us next week. Uh, yes. <laughs> once again, for road rage crimes. Ooh, yeah, I started Ooh. looking up stuff right before we started recording and read some scary stories. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be a scary one, I think. <laughs> yeah, every woman's worst nightmare. Right? Like, ugh. Yeah. Careful who you let finger you on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. All right. <laughs> All right. Catch next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and our YouTube channel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Fair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening!